clock at five. Pass is intercepted at the goal line by Malcolm Butler. Unreal. Rainbows high and deep into the end zone. And it is caught. Caught, caught for a touchdown. A leaping touchdown. Captain goes. He'll be chased and he is gone. 97 yards. Does he get both feet in right here at the end, Jim? What are they going to roll it? He caught it? Touchdown! He did what? He did what? He runs to the 50. He runs to the 40. The guy is drunk, but there he goes. We are seeing another spectacular effort by Marino, who fires. Touchdown! Oh, that's loose. Allen steps up. Jumps over the defenders to pick up the first. There's a prayer. Stop it! Oh, please! <laughs> what a catch! That's insane! That's insane! The game's final play is a Wilson lock to the end zone, which is fought for by Tate with Jennings simultaneous. Who has it? Who do they give it to? Super impressive, my friend. Got one, got one right. Well, first of all, I was gonna roll my eyes if you're gonna be like, they're gonna score over thirty, and I'm like, okay, but (laughs) you nailed like the range on that one. It was right in the middle. That's impressive. Yeah, seven points. Thirty plus is too low. One and a half correct for Josh Lapping on simultaneous Still catch. Still super chains. nice that you're giving me that half. <laughs> Welcome to simultaneous catch, everybody. So you were close. Watson had three, right? He three did have passing. three total touchdowns, and they didn't win, which is upsetting. But oh well. Welcome to the show, friends. I'm Adam Jeffrey Rossi. My name is Josh Lapping. We're excited to be here with you after week three, headed into week four. A lot of fun stuff happened. Adam had a heart attack three or four times in the game. He sure did. There was a lot crazy. going on. 
But uh, yeah, it was also a great Sunday night game. Uh, it was funny, like, I don't remember the last time I saw a quarterback not have a good day and still have a good day, because like, Drew Brees didn't really look <laughs> that great, but he still had three touchdowns, and that's what happened. Yeah, there, was, there was something going on there. I feel like we could talk about that <laughs> a little ways down the road, yeah. but yeah, well, I don't know nice, what's going on with Drew Brees. So. There's a nice uh, security blanket you have when you can just underhand toss it to... Alvin Kamara for 20 yards every play. <laughs> well, okay. As much as we love Drew Brees, he's not pulling the Pat Mahomes underhand tosses that we... God, that was such a fun play, too. It was like, you know, what's one of my favorite segments on NFL Fantasy Live where Adam Rank does the That Helps No One segment. Okay. And Anthony Sherman was like the number one. He was like, you have all these players that were all starting Wait, hang on. Night. That's so true. But the... Left tackle oh, is yeah. is I better than Eric, the fullback. <laughs> Eric Fisher, Eric Fisher. <laughs> that would so truly help no one. It's so funny. It's so funny though because like I was laughing when it showed like they always show the started in this many fantasy leagues. Like it wasn't zero for Anthony Sherman. I want to know the person with the balls to say I'm going to start the fullback for the Kansas City Chiefs. Say, but then you go to an offensive. You can't even pick an offensive lineman. Exactly, that's true. So that's too much, too much. But you're right. I mean, there's the whole debate going on right now about Breeze of whether or not it's it's by design that they're not going down the field. And for the last handful of years, I'm sure you've seen that he he's ranked very low, very low in the league in term of air yard. yardage per pass right, right i'm not saying that correctly but i think you know what i'm starting to say the amount that the that. ball travels in the air but even this year i mean like the last couple of years it's been like 7.2 6.5 6.4 6.2 now it's under five so i feel like that definitely still does show something going on right absolutely and you know you know they're gonna they're still gonna, still gonna win a lot yeah, I think yeah, you you saw team. that. While Green Bay doesn't yeah. have a great defense by any means, they still put up over thirty. But and... I still would say Green Bay's defense is better than a lot of people think it is. Like I, I, I wouldn't put them in the bottom half. I'd put them like either way at the middle or just above. Say the well, if they if they sound up their tackling, they can be. Said middle of the pack. Lol. Lol. Uh, yeah. So let's get into some news and notes. So we talked about uh, the Houston and the Steelers game. Obviously, Houston falling to zero and three. There were reports that. Earl Thomas was going to visit Houston this week. Uh, they were looking to bolster that that defense a little bit, and they said it was canceled. I didn't really read a lot into it. I don't know if it's because of the coronavirus or anything like that, or if they're just no longer interested, but he's no longer visiting with the Texans. I believe it probably has to do a little bit with both mm-hmm. elements. I think they do need a playmaker. I think Earl Thomas could come in and fit probably yeah. that culture, especially yeah. in their secondary where they need a boost. But I think with just so many things going on, especially related to something we're going to talk about here in a minute, right. there's just so much going on right. revolving the pandemic, which uh, I don't know if we, we believe in jinxes or hexes, but is it our fault that we went on last week and we were like, this is going so well? No, and see, I think that, and again, we, I mean, we're, we're going to talk about it in a little bit, so I don't want to get too into it. So, so we'll get into it in a second, but I want to segue into... What we're talking about here, because we said Houston is trying to do something. You know, they're 0-3. They're missing something. But there are a lot of 0-3 teams. I'm going to name them right here. And I just, I'm interested in what your opinion is. Because some of these teams are clearly, you know, their coach might be fired. They're maybe looking at a rebuild. But some of them are not. Some of them are teams that we thought would be competitive. So uh, I'm going to list off the 0-3 teams. And let's just talk about what do these teams need to be doing. So we got the Broncos and the Jets, the Thursday night football game. 
uh, are both Broncos and the Jets. Yeah, we're looking at the Texans and the Vikings, two teams that a lot of people pick to win their divisions, uh, playing this Sunday at one. We've got the Bengals, who are winless, but they do have a tie, zero two and one. And then we've got the Giants at zero and three. Nobody really picked them, but people were higher on them than years past. And then the Falcons, who two crushing defeats back and forth. So that's what one, two, three, four, five, six winless teams. Well, did you say Philly? Oh, Philly, oh two and one as well. So, so seven win, seven or eight winless teams right now. Like, golly, what what do these teams need to be doing? Like, where's where's your where are your biggest surprises there? Golly, Lassie, good uh, golly, Miss Molly. Head out to the well. So, what are my takeaways? Is that what the question was? Yeah, I mean, like, what are your takeaways? Where, like, which teams are surprising you the most right now? Well, I mean, like, obviously there are some surprise teams. I didn't, I didn't pick the Eagles to win the division, but I didn't think they were going to be sitting at o two and one. Right. I feel like no one saw that every single wide receiver was going to get hurt once again in the first two weeks. And their best offensive guard. Offensive line is hurt, and Carson Wentz is playing. I don't even know what to call it. I was going to say skittish, and I think some ways it is. I actually think that's a good word because it's not – it really just looks like he is nervous on every play. Like he doesn't want to mess up. It's like i got to make the perfect play every play. So I think that one's surprising. I mean, you have to – Atlanta is surprising. Yeah. I mean, they have all yeah. the talent in the world, and I feel like I've been pretty on the Dan Quinn needs to go train. So, so, But in all honesty, is that what it is? Like do you think that – Another head coach has them at two of one or three and zero right now. Like, is that is that their issue? Is that what they need to do to fix this team? Honestly, I think it's hard to say that definitively, but I really think it is. And I know, like, even after the last collapse, clasp, nope, the last last collapse, yes, against Chicago, like all these players came out in defense of Dan Quinn, and I'm I like, like that. but I I'm, like I, I, I like it too, but I'm also getting so tired of that. That's We've true. seen this so many times in a row. Like, yeah, we get it, you like the guy, but he's not getting you to where you need to go. And I feel like you need to make this decision sooner rather than later because they have all of the talent. They're going to turn it around. And this division is able to be won. It, it's for the taking. Um, so I just feel like I don't want to see another two and six start and then them rattle off a whole bunch of wins that maybe make us have faith in Dan Quinn and make him stay because I feel like these have been collapses that I think are in coaching air. Yeah, and I and I will say this: like I haven't, I haven't really, I haven't lost faith in the Atlanta Falcons. You know what I mean? Like they're a two and one team in my mind. But my issue with, because again, I love I love that they came out and defended him. They've done that a lot, obviously. But it comes down to didn't we didn't we say Mark Tressman was the offensive coordinator? <laughs> no, but I do. I, I always really liked Mark Tressman. I feel like he seemed like a cool guy. It is. Uh, oh, now I'm blanking. It's the old Tampa head coach, Dirk. Dirk oh, Dirk Cutter. Cutter. Okay. Yes. Which is ironic because didn't Mark Tressman also coach in Tampa? Regardless. I know he was um, in Chicago. Dirk Cutter. I'm, I've never been the biggest Dirk Cutter fan in the world. So I feel to, like he is a pretty good offensive so, mind. So to me, it comes down to which one do you want more coaching this team to a division title, Dan Quinn or, or 
Uh, I was going to say Mark Dressler get Jeans of Crow. In my head, they look the same, but I bet you they don't look the same. They both have glasses. Uh, there it is. Everybody with glasses look the same. Are you Mark Dressler? Uh, or Dirk Cutter. And I still would pick Dan Quinn in that equation if that was the if that was the choice you were giving me. Uh, so, again, like I said, I could maybe, maybe I'm just being foolish and I'm being blinded to the fact that I picked Atlanta and I still don't want to recall that yet obviously there's a lot that like i don't like recalling such big things three weeks into the season uh but like i still believe that atlanta wins this division because i haven't seen anything from new orleans that's like oh my god they're unbeatable okay. and tampa's won two in a row here but like tampa looked terrible week one and, about terrible and even in week two they still struggled a little bit so i again like we'll see what happens but if if atlanta loses another game in the next couple of weeks, especially, like, in that fashion, Dan Quinn could be gone. Well, obviously, they have a really big Monday night game that yeah, is not is going to be an huge. easy I out, mean, so... And, like, the, the, the sad thing is, is they should they should be 2-1, where if they lose this game, he does, he's not in jeopardy of being fired, you know what I mean? Because, like, there's no shame in losing to the Packers, especially what they are right now on Monday night. But right now, you do that, and you're 0-4, you're probably gone. Because this team is too talented to be 0-4. I'll be really curious to see what happens because, I mean, if it is another collapse scenario, which yeah. I don't see that playing out right. in that way in the game, I think it's right. definitely clear-cut he's gone. Yeah. I don't see it being that. I, I feel like that, uh, I feel either. like they'll probably lose, but I don't feel like that's... Is that house picks this week? Either it is not. Okay, I, th- I thought about giving it to you, but I figured you'd be pretty confident taking the pack, so... Um, I don't want to. I was. I wanted to talk about the Eagles, but I feel like we'll talk about that when we get to Mike's interview. <laughs> I'm sure he'll bring it up. Um, but yeah, so let's let's not talk about that. But is there another 0 three team that you want to talk about before we uh, keep going with with uh, with the other parts? I don't know. They're technically, I guess, I could talk about the Bengals. They're right. 0 two and one, so they're, they're not 0 like three. Ba- but like the best I feel like they're really actually. performing really, really well. For for an O two and one yeah, team, yeah, I mean, I think like, you're gonna be really they encouraged. were they were a botched field goal away from winning week one right. that also came on, uh, the Chargers, yeah, the touchdown call back, uh, so that was a tough one. Mm-hmm. If they had gotten that, they would have won. They really com- they competed against the Browns really well, and then obviously they took Philly down to the, to the final water. second. Yeah. So um, that's a good point. There's think, a lot going on there, and a lot of pieces that need to continue to improve and get better. I think Burrow needs to take less hits. Yeah, well, but I'm encouraged by that. I will say this uh, before we move into sort of contenders, pretenders with the undefeated teams: the Bengals are going to win some games this year, and they're going to beat some really good teams. They're not going to make the playoffs, you know. Especially if they if they would have won two of those three games that came down to the wire. I might sit here and be like, the Bengals might make the playoffs. Okay. But I, I don't think I think they're just 0 2 and 1. It's just too hard. The AOC, it's funny. And this is something that maybe we talk about at another point. But like for a while, I feel like we were all NFC, NFC, NFC. I think the AFC is like super hard this year. I think the AFC is tougher than the NFC right now. In my, wow. In my opinion. I don't I don't think and I'd go could, that far yet. And we could talk about that. But but regardless, the Bengals are, are a fun watch too, and that's good. So. So let's go into undefeated teams right now. I'm going to list the undefeated teams, and I want you to give me one contender, like one team that you're like, this is the team, and you can't pick the Chiefs. You're like, this is this is the team that, that, that like they are a contender. You may not think that they would be, or you may be, have questions about them, but they're, they're a contender. And then give me one that people are on that you're like, this is a pretender. Yikes. So we're going to go, the Bills are 3-0. 
and that's all that matters. Okay. Uh, the Seahawks are three and zero. The Chicago Bears three and zero. The Kansas City Chiefs three and zero. The Packers three and zero. And then of course the Monday or Tuesday night matchup: Steelers and Titans, both three and zero. Yeah. So there are seven teams that are undefeated at this point. Bless you. I thought you had a second one there. Oh, there it is. There Bless is. you. Okay. So there are seven undefeated teams right now. Um, I think this is always, and that's the point of the, the segment, is that it's it's so early to tell some of these things. Right. It's fun just to be like, right. oh. Yeah. Um, I definitely see the Packers being a pretty serious contender. I mean, like, all, I, I think all I of these teams have all of these teams have flaws that you can oh, poke absolutely. holes in to be like, no, absolutely. not really. Um, so the only two honestly the other one I would say really doesn't is the Chiefs no yeah that's that's true but I mean even even at that point like sure they had a phenomenal week one and a week three but week two they showed some warts against the Chargers like they 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 showed a way to to beat them to compete and I thought Baltimore was going to do a better job of taking that game script and but they did not so um you know, so I'm just going to talk about the Steelers because I don't want to pick the Packers. So I'm going to say the Steelers. The Steelers are a team that I've been high on since last year, but I just really feel really good in their defense. I feel like their offense is not turned into what their offense can be. I feel like they're still figuring things out. Week one, we came out. I don't want to say we. We were watching the game, and we were joking around. I think, oh, here we go. Connor's injured again, but since then he's rushed. He's ran really, really hard. Uh, mm-hmm. If they can continue finding that identity and taking some of the pressure off Big Ben, I feel like he's going to make the plays that they need to. I think Claypool has emerged as what's going to be a really good th- number three weapon on there, which makes me kind of sad because I really liked James Washington. So this is fascinating. Because and I don't want people to think I'm hating on the Steelers, but I would have picked them as a pretender so far. Ooh. And not because not because I don't think they're a good team, not because I don't think they're like I think that they're in a position to make the playoffs, but like they beat up on a Giants team that hasn't been that great. They got taken to the brink by the backup quarterback of the Broncos, and you know, the Texans are better than we would assume that they are, but the Texans are still 0-3 and they barely escaped the Texans. So like I'm not I'm not saying that they're a bad team. I don't like don't hear guys when you're listening don't hear what I'm not saying. It's not what I'm saying. But they would have been one of the teams that I would have said they might be a pretender because we haven't really seen them be fully tested yet and they've struggled to win some games against teams that have been blown out by better teams before. Uh, and I'm not always I, I will say this. I'm not I don't really subscribe most of the time to if you don't blow out a bad team, you're not a good team. You know what I mean? I don't mostly subscribe to that because it's hard to win in the NFL and any given Sunday somebody can beat you. Okay. I fully believe in that. But if you're going to compare their 3-0 and to another team's 3-0, and I don't know how I would feel about that. I mean, it kind of comes down to the old mantra, you just play who you play. You play That's who's true. on the schedule. Yeah. But at the same time, so yeah, like the, the Broncos game was a little not their best showing. But, I mean, going back to last week against the Texans, you picked the Texans. I did pick the Texans. And that was yeah, a I'm game surprised. that where we don't ex- – they're not an 0-3 team, but they did not want to go 0-3. I think they were oh, trying yeah. everything they could to not be winless. Oh, absolutely. And they got winless. Thrown at them and, in that game. and so I feel like to go out and to be battle-tested like that 
against a team that is trying. I mean, every team hopefully is trying to do everything they can to win every week. But especially in that scenario, it just it makes me feel pretty good about that. So I will say this just to kind of wrap up this part of the segment. They have the Titans obviously this week, and we're gonna talk about that like right after this. Uh, but that game is going to be played Monday or Tuesday. Uh, at least that's what the NFL said. So they're at the Titans, and then they have the Eagles, and then they have the Browns, and then they are at Baltimore. So that in the next one, two, it's three, going to be a fun stretch. Games, what like right now? If you had to predict and tell me what their record will be in those next four games, what would you say? I'm getting three and one out of that okay. off the bat. Okay, so you say that they're going to lose to the Ravens. That's what I think. Okay, fair enough. See, I would say two and two, maybe even one and three. But, no, I mean it's possible. But we'll like we'll. I think that the fact that I'm not, because like, let me let me scoot over to the Chiefs real quick uh, and see what their schedule is like. Because a team like the Chiefs, I'd be like, well, they're going to be, you know, three or four and out. You know what I mean? And obviously, it's hard to compare the Ravens to the Chiefs because they're the Chiefs. But like, let's look at the Chiefs' schedule. The Chiefs play the Patriots, the Raiders, the Bills, and the Broncos, and I'm pretty confident saying four and out for them. You know what I mean? And I think that the Steelers and there are other teams too that are this way. So like, please don't think I'm. Piling on the Steelers, I like them. They're a good team. Um, I would root for them in the play in a playoff scenario. But you know, they're they're a team where I have to look at games and be like, Philly could beat them, Cleveland could beat them. Whereas if Philly or Cleveland are playing the Chiefs, it's done. I'm picking Chiefs. You know okay, I mean? sure. So we'll see. We'll see. And again, like you said, it's way too early. It's week three, but this is what it's all about. We discuss these things, you know. Yeah. Are there any other other three and teams you want to chat about before we segue into? Um, well, I mean, I guess you kind of said you haven't really done a contender, and I haven't really done a pretender. So. Oh well, you said. Oh, that's true. Uh, well, I mean, I would say I'm not going to say Buffalo because it's too easy, and they're my team. Um, honestly, like I think a pretender is. The Bears. Oh, I feel like that's the, the super like, easy and answer. I feel like that's a low hanging fruit. Uh, and I feel like I was really, really. But I feel like you're well, right. No, I did a, oh, because you were saying I did Pretenders, the Steelers. Yes. Uh, okay, cool. Um, so I'm going to say the Contenders are Brown. The, the, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, no, I would say the Titans is a contender. Oh. And I think that that's my kind of, you know, oh, Adam thing because. I've been kind of yeah, down you've been on them. so low on like, them. I was so high on them last year, but like I've really, from one like three weeks, Ryan, I, like my concerns about Ryan Tannehill are kind of expunged. Okay, like, I've seen him play just super good football, and I even saw him win a game in which he threw for over two fifty, but no touchdowns, and they won the game. Like he just controlled the game. Excuse me, pardon me. So I really think that you know this defense is great. Derrick Henry's playing really well. And Ryan Tannehill is leading this football team. I, this is another team where, like, if I saw a weakness, it would be can Ryan Tannehill win in a shootout against the Chiefs? And we saw him do, win in a shootout against the Chiefs last year. And then we saw him take a big lead against the Chiefs in the AFC title game against them last year. So, like, I don't really have any other questions about this team anymore. And I did to start off. And they've been pretty expunged in the first three weeks. And, you know... I did pick the Colts to win this division, and I have not. I have not been off of that um, train quite yet. But the Titans are are there. 
So what I love about that is that's one of my pretenders Ooh. is the Titans, which is funny just because I feel like... We swapped on the Steelers and we're swapping on the Titans. But it's also, I believe I picked the Titans to win the division, didn't I? No, you picked the Colts with me. Oh, yeah. Okay, but I said they were going to make the playoffs. You did, yes. Okay. So, but similar to your argument for the Steelers... Absolutely. Just they came down to the literal brink yeah. against the Broncos... That's true. Against another 0-3 team. So is this just saying the, the Broncos are better than we think they are? <laughs> maybe if they just stop losing every single piece of their team. Right. <laughs> Who knows what would be. Uh, obviously, the Vikings are, are a pretty good 0-3 team, but yeah, it came true. down to the very brink. And, and Tannehill did perform well against them to get them in position to win the game. Right. But I just don't love the way that they're winning games right now. Okay. I feel like it's That's a little fair. unsustainable. That's fair. They're not always going to be in a position to take over in the final seconds. That's just not going to work out. I don't see that being consistent. Obviously, it's very early in the season, and Derrick Henry always catches fire late. I know like there's the joke. And some, but he's even had a good start. He's, he's had not a bad start. Uh, but he doesn't I just, have the Derrick Henry's the best running back in the NFL start, but he's had I, a better start than years past. And I think, but I think because there's so much, I don't, pressure is not the right word, but everyone's like, oh, this is the leading rush from last year. We're going to play him a little more aggressively than in years past. I think through the first three weeks, we've seen a little bit of that. And I think the sledding up to this point has been yeah. a little bit tougher for him. Yeah, and so I'll be curious to see what, as this as the year goes on, and they have been feeding him, feeding him hard. Oh, absolutely. And I want to see, like, he's a big guy, and yeah. obviously he's young and powerful, but eventually that has to slow he's down. Back in the so, he, they... And we're going to, it's fun. This is going to be so much fun now. Tuesday Night Football, both of our pretenders facing both of our contenders. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, before we get Mike on, I feel like we should even, like, we've danced around that subject, but yeah, we haven't no, no, no. really I, said I, what, what happened. I, I do have that on the docket to talk about that right before we get Mike on at about 5 five to eight minutes so yeah so obviously for those of you who aren't paying attention or didn't really notice this three players and five staff members tested positive for the Tennessee Titans now as of this moment and multiple tests for Minnesota who they played last week no positives for Minnesota which is a great sign and it seems to me I would say if we're doing the panic level of, of on a scale of one to ten I'm only like a two or a three I really think that I don't want to be like, oh, first of all, they're not high-profile players, but they're not really high-profile <laughs> players. But at the same time, like, it seems to me that it's been pretty well handled. Low-profile players matter too. Matter. Those three players and five staff members are quarantined away from the team, and so far, no new positives have come out. So it seems to me that these these people caught it and they were like taken away from the team, and it seems like everything's under control now. We'll see what happens over the next couple of days if there's more positives. Because if there's not, then we're looking at them playing Monday or Tuesday. And we're going to be okay. You know what I mean? Uh, in worst case scenario, they put these two teams on a bye, and then they play on their bye weeks because they do have the same bye week. So we'll see what happens, but I don't know about you. I'm not really that worried. I mean, so far, with everything that we know about it, which you described really well, it does seem to be pretty low on the the panic Right. bar right. so that is good on those fronts i know they're being very very thorough with with all those things and i do like that they're keeping everybody those those players and staff members away they're keeping everybody away they're all they haven't met and like their facilities yet i don't think either team has i think maybe the vikings go back tomorrow right. um 
So to to take those precautions, and I feel like the NFL is obviously a different type of league compared to basketball, baseball, where they can have like two-a-days or something. I feel like they have done a really good job of, of moving the schedule around. I'll be really fascinated mm-hmm. to see if this Tuesday night football really happens. Uh, it has happened before, so I will say this just to, to clarify with people. Like, it has... <laughs> oh, God, I knew that was going to happen. I'm sorry, everybody. Um, scared me. Uh, it has happened before that a game has been played on Tuesday. It actually, it's happened two separate times. So I don't want people to think that, like, oh, coronavirus, this is crazy. And, like, it is. It's different. It's obviously not something that happens all the time, but it happened in, I want to say, like, 2011. The Vikings had to play the Eagles on a Tuesday night game, and that's when the uh, Astrodome like collapsed. collapsed with the snow. They had to play that, and then Buffalo had to play Detroit on a Tuesday when I was in college, like 2013, 2014, because there was a huge snowstorm in Buffalo they couldn't play. So this has happened before where they have had to re- move a game around. So I wouldn't panic in that, like, a, oh, my God, this is, you know what I mean? Like, they've had to do this for a couple reasons before. This is something that, like, they have protocols in place to do. You know what I mean? They're not doing this on the fly. And okay. that's why I'm not that worried. I guess I'll just be curious as, as to see this can't, I don't, I don't know. I, this is just a hot take, but this can't become the norm. So of if more so. players start, this starts occurring, it's not like the NFL is going to be like, well, we're canceling four games on Sunday and they're going to be on Tuesdays now. <laughs> so I'll just be really curious to see as we progress and how the pandemic continues to pan out and, and everything, right. how, how it goes. But I will say one thing I do want to say about this is once again for the second week in a row the league came out and is sending uh, clubs strongly worded letters about protocol and the masks and stuff. that they have to wear their masks. They're getting very serious just beyond their their fines that I can't even imagine just being hit with a one hundred thousand dollar fine and being like, oh, that's okay. Right. Uh, but now they're talking about suspensions possible loss of future draft picks so the league is taking this very seriously and, and bringing down a pretty big hammer on on organizations to say that you need to do this i think yeah. this yeah. incident further proves that the importance of it and everything Absolutely. so i feel like for all the things that are said about the nfl and how they handled this especially early on where players weren't they were possibly thinking about opting out and weren't always happy i feel like yeah. Like I said earlier, it's just a different kind of league than other sports leagues, but I feel like they're really trying to do what they can. Yeah, and I think for the most part, they've done a great job. So, that's yeah, good. Yeah. So, we'll see. Maybe we'll get Tuesday Night Football, maybe we get another double header. I don't know why they don't do that during the year anyway. It's always fun for me, but regardless. Uh, Kids stay up till 1 o'clock watching football. <laughs> yes. I. <laughs> um, all right. Let's get our Dallas Cowboys correspondent. So, you've been on waiting for this one for a while. Yeah. So, we're going to give Mike a call here. We're, just, we're, we're totally like, we're totally uncut. It's uncut. Mike, how we how we doing? There he is, Mike Mikas. How are you, friend? We affectionately dub our cowboy correspondent. We talk about him almost every week. I think it's so funny. Like we have other people that they haven't been on the show in a while, but Mike's always an avid listener. We appreciate it because they're near and dear to our heart. There's a lot to talk about here. A lot to hey, talk about. It was like uh, for those of you. Um, who haven't been paying attention. Obviously, the Cowboys won in a crazy game against the Falcons, and Mike really wanted to be on. And I was like, well, let's wait until after Seattle. 
And basically, it was just me setting them up for after a loss. But regardless, uh, just to kind of recap those for the Seattle-Dallas game, uh, Russell Wilson, 27 of 40, 315 yards, five touchdowns. Unbelievable. Dak Should, Pres- have Should have been six. <laughs> Should have been six. And the Cowboys, Dak Prescott, though, 37 of 57, 472, three touchdowns, two picks. Interesting tidbit about this stat line. There's only one other quarterback in NFL history to go for 450-plus in two straight weeks. Can you name him, Mike? Is it Jameis Winston? It is Jameis Winston who did it last <laughs> season. Incredible. Uh, so, yeah, just before we get into some questions, give me your initial thoughts about this game. You know, it, it's it's tough because I picked uh, Seattle. I knew Seattle was going to win. I just had a feeling. But actually, the result of this game does not bother me too much. You're out your top two quarterbacks. Your number one quarterback is a rookie. He is younger than me. Uh, and you're up against Tyler Lockett yes. and DK Metcalf and Russell Wilson, who is the league MVP through this point. Though, Josh Allen going to get some votes. Josh Allen going to get some votes. But Russell Wilson is the MVP right now. He got Super Bowl winning coach. And, uh, you know, it's tough to win that. And they were right there at the end. They, they had a lead with three minutes left in the game. And they got Russ to a fourth and five. They gave up a you know, blown 50-yard touchdown. It happened. But they had a shot. And uh, what was really encouraging was the coaching staff. They, they made some on-the-fly decisions that you know, the previous regime would not have. The previous regime would have lost that game at 25 points. Losing, <laughs> losing a, no, no, truly, losing a close game when you're missing both your top tackles and then your third tackle has food poisoning because he has to sit out the second half of the game and your center gets injured. Like, when you lose, when you lose a game with that much calamity occurring for your roster, you know, it's, it's, it's tough to, to be super angry. Like, yeah, would I like if they won? Sure. Dak was excellent, as always. And uh, the receivers were great. And Alden Smith showed up to play football. And you know what? I, I can live with that result. I can live with the result. I honestly, really, I will say, obviously, I've always been hard on the Cowboys, and I don't mean it personally, but... They certainly, they certainly play a lot better than I than I thought they were going to, and it was a really great game. Um, it was excellent, yeah. But yeah, so this is going to lead into our first question because over the offseason, the biggest question about this team has always been the defense, always. Even mm-hmm. when we had you on our post draft, they picked CeeDee Lamb, and we asked you about it after that, and you very strongly said Dallas is just going to outscore everybody. I like Kansas City. You compared them to them. Uh, Dallas has lost two games now in which they weren't able to make the stops at the end of the game that they needed to do. So for them, to you, what needs to change for this team? I think they have a really favorable stretch for the next five weeks. They're going to play the Browns at home, and then I believe it's the Washington football team, and then I believe the Cardinals, Eagles, Giants. There really is. They at worst should go 3-2 in that stretch. They could potentially go 5-0. I think they might lose the Cardinals. Call it 4-1. Then they get through the first five games, and they're 5-3. The health of the roster is going to vastly improve in the back half. They're going to get both their tackles. They're going to get Lady Van Der back off of the broken collarbone. They're going to get Sean Lee back. That's two of their three top linebackers. They're going to get their two starting quarterbacks back. Health is, I hate to say it, but like when you have a very unhealthy secondary against you know, Julio Jones, DK Metcalf, Calvin Ridley, Tyler Lockett, Cooper Cup, Robert Woods, and you got potentially, you know, you definitely got one Hall of Fame quarterback, Matt Ryan, right on the cusp, Jared Goff, the, the story is not finished on him yet, but it's tough to expect uh, the defense to be exceptional with that a load of injuries on top of, um, you know, the, the, the level of competition there again. So, you know, when, when you look at it, you're like, okay, you could have either taken CeeDee Lamb, 
with the AC pick or like a, a Chase Young, who I think was drafted right after them. I believe he was the next pick, and a lot of people thought they were going to take Chase Young. But like, they don't need edge rush help. That's not like what they would not have won the game with edge rush help against Russell Wilson. They would have maybe won the game because of CD Lamb making great plays. They won against the Falcons because CD Lamb was incredible in it. They. Uh, They've been in games because of CD Lamb. He's been, I would almost argue, the best receiver on their roster. Granted, Cooper has paid through double coverages and, and double teams, but CD Lamb has been truly exceptional through the first three weeks. And I 100% stand by that pick. You know, the, the Rams, they, they were a play away, and we can talk about that defensive passing if they're throwing off, but they're a play away. They really were a play away from being 2 and 1. Like, Dak made the throw he needed to, and they would have been 10 yards out with a minute left in the game and, and two timeouts. Like, I'm not. I'm not I'm not totally disagreeing with that, but I'm also saying they're an insane on-side on kickaway from being 0 and 3. So you are and and correct, but they also they are insane. Four fumbles in the first 10 minutes of play That's away from crazy. you know. That's pretty not crazy. Getting, not gifting the Falcons 20 points. Like, <laughs> the, like that's such an aberration, and that never happens. And you know the Cowboys might have you know. Uh, an, an issue with the turnover differential. I think right now they're 31st for turnover differential, Ooh, that's which rough. is terrible. That's rough. Yeah, because they've only gotten two interceptions, and uh, and they had a third one that was called back to the penalty. But uh, they have turned the ball over much more than they have, uh, you know, gotten turnovers. But they they're they're right there for me, two and one. A couple. They really the the refs weren't excellent against the Seahawks. I'm not going to blame the refs, but there were some questionable sticky tacky calls. And that's there's a conspiracy out right now that the refs at home are gifting the home uh, the home team more uh, more plays than the away team to compensate for the lack of fans in the stadium. So it's like a big conspiracy. It's an NFL conspiracy right now. And the game that the refs were most favorable for the no the, the game the refs were the most favorable for the Cowboys was against Atlanta at home. The okay. two games where the refs hurt them. I'm pretty sure who were the Bills at home or were they on the road? They were they were at home. So and. And I mean, they did make they made did make an egregious call earlier against us, but I I digress. But that but they the Bills probably should have gotten away with that win. And granted, I think they may be on the better team. But like the refs have gotten involved. The refs you know took that game away from Joe Burrow week one, and I'm pretty sure they were in L. A. Like you know, there's there's been some questionable officiating, and uh, I think the Cowboys they they are very close to being 0 three, but they're not super far off from three and zero. I think you get some help. You play a lot of favorable opponents this next five games, and I think they rate the ship pretty quickly. I really do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Do you do you have a follow up, Josh? Yeah, Mike. So I just did want to ask. You're obviously talking about the injuries in the secondary and and getting those guys back. The last two weeks, they have allowed nine passing touchdowns. They only allowed nine in the first ten weeks of last season. So it obviously is an area where. The team's hurting. Who is the guy coming back that's on the team? Maybe maybe it's as simple as Diggs, but who's somebody for us to watch out as they go down this stretch where you see them going that possible 4-1? and one? I mean, uh, Jerobe Abugier grades really well uh, from pro football focus. He is a solid quarterback. When he gets beat, it's usually like incredible throws and excellent catches. Like, I know Matt Stafford last year had like was just targeting Jerobe. They, they were like perfect throws because Matt Stafford is you know, excellent at making those throws and, and getting those catches. But I think Shadobe's missing is huge. And I think Trayvon Diggs will be a really good cornerback too. He just needs to be acclimated. It's, it's hard to just toss that guy out there with the first three weeks. And even this week, he's got to deal with Julio, or not Julio, uh, Jarvis and Odell Beckham Jr. Like, okay. These are tough acts. So I think you give him some more experience, a couple more games. You know, once he's eight games through, nine games through, he's 
displayed some, you know, high variance. He, yeah. he made that incredible play against DK, yeah. and it was like right after he got burnt by DK. So it's like, yeah, he, that's, he that, displayed. That's what you want to see from a from a young yeah. player. For yeah, sure. he's displayed. He's displayed great instincts. He's displayed yeah. like ability, but he's also shown that he can get you know a little flat footed at times and get beat. So I will say, I, you know, I will say that Diggs. Diggs was my top corner. I mean, now I know that we talked about that on our draft preview show, and I did say, I mean, it's a little hot takey because a lot of people had him as like their third or fourth, but I love Trayvon Diggs. I, I do love that you guys have him, but let's pivot Let's pivot to Dak here because this is the hot button topic right now. Of course. Yeah, we're, we're talking about Dak versus Wentz. We're talking, is Dak top 10 quarterback? Is Dak top five quarterback? You have not wavered once during his entire career that Dak Prescott is what he is, and we're talking about right now that Dallas didn't pay him, so he's playing on the franchise tag, and they're asking, is he worth the 38-40 plus uh, that's on the table for him? So I want you to tell us, why is he worth that? Uh, why is he better than Wentz? Why is he top 10 here? I mean, why does he need to be seen the way that you see him? The thing is, well, I'll start, you know, I'll start with Wentz. Wentz <laughs> might not be a starting caliber NFL quarterback. Oh, no. And I'm, and I'm really, I don't mean to be mean to Carson Wentz, but Carson Wentz, I believe his O-line grade right now, he's getting the fourth most time in a clean pocket, and on... It is on higher, his, it is higher. And on his easy pass completions, which are, you know, they're considered, they're comparable to, like, a layup in basketball, he's only completing 76% of those passes. I'm pretty, I could be incorrect, but I think Russell Wilson only missed two of those throws all year. Dak Prescott only missed, uh, as far as, like, it was because of not a drop or a... Not a bad throw. Like I'm pretty sure Dak's only missed two of those as far as the easy completion. Like Wentz is not even completing 80% of his easy passes. His hard and his medium passes, he's like really league below average. Like really not good. The NFC East, all the quarterback play outside of Dak Prescott has been more than subpar. And uh, I think Carson Wentz is going to be shipped off to probably like Indianapolis by the end of the season because I I just think that his time they're, they're booing him to. You know the the online fans are like booing <laughs> Carson Wentz. He's he's he, it's, it's over. It's, it's it's not really a comparison. And the thing is, Wentz has always displayed this, but now we're really it's really being exacerbated by these first three weeks. And I just think the pressure's starting to get to him, and his body keeps breaking down. Dak is a forty million dollar quarterback. He should, I mean, we could have gotten him for thirty two mil two years ago, and we did not because we're run by maybe incompetent buffoons. But, um, wow. There we go. We have well, it. I mean, I mean, the thing is, you're going to pay you're gonna pay Jalen Smith, you know, what, uh, $12 million a year to whiff tackles and, and run into the wrong gap. You're going to pay Zeke Elliott $15 million a year. I love Zeke Elliott, but you're going to pay $15 million a year to, to drop four easy screen passes, in, you know, against the Seahawks. Yeah, that was he's pretty great, rough. He is a great blitz pickup. I'm running back. He's the best in the league at that, and I will say he was great against Jamal Adams, uh, against the Seahawks, but... Again, you can get comparable production from Zeke from most every running back. Well, you know, 90% of the running backs in the league right now, and some of the best ones, McCaffrey and Barkley, are, are missing ties to the injury. That's probably Zeke's best asset. He's available. But if you're going to pay those players, you have to pay your quarterback. Zach is already through his four, uh, four seasons and, what is it, three games now? He's already got the most 400-yard passing days of any quarterback in Cowboys history. Past Tony Romo, I believe, uh, last week it was, because he threw for 472. And the only the only reason they've been in any of these games is because they have Dak Prescott. You 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 can maybe replace him with Lamar Jackson, Russell Wilson, Pat Mahomes. Outside of that, there's no quarterback in the world right now better than him. Uh, Deshaun Watson without DeAndre Hopkins looks like a shell of himself. Carson Wentz is not top ten. Right, Daniel. Right, Daniel looks great. 
Josh Allen looks great. Uh, still like to turn it over too much, but Josh Allen is he's in that top ten conversation for sure right now. Outside of those three names, though, those are the only three that I will absolutely put over Dak. I'm not taking Brady over Dak. I'm not taking Big Ben over Dak. I'm not taking Breeze. Looks cooked. Breeze is done. He's a turkey. Put a fork in him. <laughs> it's over. It's over with Drew. Uh, you know, Dak has. I think they have the most uh, explosive plays in the league right now. They're moving with the quickest pace. Um, their Vegas odds have them at about 30 points per game average. Uh, he he runs the offense like a like a seasoned veteran, and the salary cap isn't real. The Rams continue to prove that as they pay every player that they have on their roster and give them oodles and oodles of cash. Dak is doing what he's doing without Tyron Smith or Lyle Collins. He's doing it with basically replacement level tackles on both sides, and they're competitive in every game. Like I don't know what more the man has to do to prove that he is that guy. Uh, I will say this. No. I will say this. All great points, my friend. Honestly, we everybody who listens to the show knows that you come on with your with your your points, your facts, your stats, and you're intelligent and you have good takes. But I will say this: like the only reason I don't have Dak is, I mean, you just put him at number four in the league. The only reason I don't have him that high is exactly what we saw in Seattle: the two interceptions, the turnovers that he struggled with, and what I. What really put the nail in it for me, because I was watching this game and I was like, you know what? I think this is just proving everything that Mikey said. And then you come down to that last play where he throws the pick, and I know that like you gotta try to make a play, but the reason why I it really hurt my opinion on Dak is not because it's the end of the game and you're trying to make a play, it's because it's third down and you're throwing it up, hoping something happens. Like I think that if you're a top three, top four quarterback, you have to be held to the standard of like, you need to know every scenario. You need to be like, I know it's third down. I don't need to throw this up randomly on a 50-50, less than 50-50 really, because there were three defenders around the Cowboys receiver and throw it up and, and lose the game in that fashion. Like, I'm okay, and I told you this when we talked about it. I'm okay if Dallas lost the game. Dallas showed out really well, and my opinion of Dallas went up, you know? And uh, I feel a lot better about them and and their outlook for the season, but what concerns me about Dak is I haven't, like, Dak has always been a great quarterback, but give me, and you might have an answer to this, I kind of hope you have an answer to this, give me the game in which Dak said, I'm winning this game and won it for them. Like, because in my mind, I, there's not one that pops out for me that, oh, Dak won that game for them. Okay, uh, well, there was the game against, Seattle and Russell Wilson in the playoffs where on third and 13, he scrambled for a first time to win the entire game. Okay. Uh, after after throwing two back shoulder fakes, one to Michael Dallas, and I believe one to, I believe it was Amari Cooper, two okay. touchdowns for them, and then, you yeah. know, that thing. The, okay. uh, his rookie year when he goes to Green Bay, in Green Bay against Aaron Rodgers and hangs 30 on them. Uh, the game against the Steelers in Pittsburgh where they were down with 45 seconds left. And Zeke scored the game winner. I was gonna say I was gonna say Zeke did score that game, the game winner. But, but but Dak did get them to the forty yard line to kick them okay. off the field goal okay. in the game. Okay. And then Zeke just, you know, burst up the middle. Uh I mean and and you can say Dak lost the game against Green Bay in the playoffs, but as a rookie being down twenty four against Aaron Rodgers, you know, in a playoff game and battling back to, to requiring Aaron Rodgers to make one of the most spectacular throws of his entire career yeah, pretty to lose. <laughs> like I think, we were, I think you were there when that happened. I feel like we were standing in like the cafe at the Pittsburgh Playhouse while it was happening. <laughs> um, and, 
you know, uh, the Falcons game. They only won that game to the back. Like, everybody else on the team is fumbling left and right. Jack goes out and goes for 450 yards. To be fair, Jack did fumble twice. Yeah, uh, Jack fumbled once. And oh, did Okay, my bad. Yeah, it was once. Uh, you know. And regardless, he did fumble once. You're right. Like, you can hear. You can make that comment about Dak breaking the pocket and, uh, and throwing it up and nothing a problem. But when there's 13 seconds left on the clock, you have no timeouts left, and you... Shouldn't, you shouldn't be getting pressure. They rushed three men at five offensive linemen, and Dak was being harassed for his life. Most every quarterback, probably, I don't know, 30 or 32 quarterbacks are sacked right there, and the game ends regardless. Dak broke out. Yeah, I did say I remember watching that. I remember watching that game and thinking, "Wow!" Like, like as that play was happening, I was like, "Oh my God!" Dak just took over, and then obviously through the interception. I don't want to. I want to get Josh's thoughts on this real quick before we before we move on to the end of the of the segment. But yeah, I mean, Dak, uh, Dak, Dak, he has he has done enough to win so many games that he's even been let down by the rest of the team. He's starting to he's starting to fully become Tony Romo in front of our eyes. I love he's starting Tony to Romo. fully, but he's starting to fully embrace like I'm going to win the game. I'm going to do enough to win every time, and the defense just might not be enough. And uh, it's unfortunate because he's going to get the same treatment. But Dak is far more gifted than Tony Romo ever was. Fair enough, Josh. Your thoughts. Yeah, no, I really do echo a lot of your sentiments about that, Adam. I think just we needed to know. First of all, Mike, I, I, I've been on the, the Dallas wagon with you this this offseason. I, 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 I picked him to win. Uh, I am a little bit alarmed about some of the things we've seen from the team as a whole, not necessarily Dak, and I've been pretty hard on Dak for, for a majority of his career. I do think... That is is a tough scenario with what was going on. I feel like we needed to realize we could have thrown the ball away to have another play at the end zone instead of just chucking it up. But that's that's here nor there. I think it was obviously a great play for him to break out of the pressure to Absolutely. to give the possibility. There is one question I want to say. My last question is just after the game. Uh, the buffoon organization that, as you said, uh, came out. Jerry Jones was on on his radio show and talked about. There's there's some question marks going on there about what was going on. The context of what was said. I'm not sure if you. I'm, I'm assuming that you probably know, but some people are talking about if he was insulting Dak. Yeah, misquoted Jerry and tried to allude the fact that Dak is not a Romo and he's not Patrick Mahomes and those type of quarterbacks win the game. Clarence Tell misquoted him, so it was a big, it was a big uh, hubbub in the Dallas media and the thing that everybody came out that no, Dak was actually he was comparing Dak to Patrick Mahomes and okay. 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 he is right in that same pantheon level. And, and Jerry's right again with that with that play where he breaks out the previous play again Seattle rushed three and Dak is sacked. Next play they rush three again. Dak is nearly sacked and almost dies. Is it better to just lob up a prayer and hope somebody can make a catch, or is it better to just be like, I'll take a fourth down and probably get nearly sacked again? Like, exactly. how many times, you know, I, I don't know. If you're, if you're under duress two plays in a row for the game and you have no timeouts, like, if you get back again, you can't take a timeout. I guess you could say drop a play, but you're at the 25. Like, no matter what you do, yeah. if it's fourth down, you don't think that every DB is just going to be playing, you know, uh, prevent defense standing in the end zone. Yeah, that's, a, that's, that's, a, good that's a good point. point. At least during that play, there's no prevent defense. Like, it was a regular play design where, you know, there's a shot. I, it, it's not a great play, but we shouldn't have been in that game anyway. Like, we should have lost, again, by 25. We're missing both tackles, middle large starting linebacker, two cornerbacks, and, uh, you know, DeMarcus Lawrence is dealing with a knee problem. 
and Zeke is dropping every ball. We shouldn't have been in the game. We were only in the game because of Zach. So if we lose on a Zach interception, I can accept that. And Adam, if we talk about turnovers, Josh Allen, I mean, Josh did defend me. Josh defended Dak Prescott last week when he said, I feel like if Mike were on the show, Mike would have said this about Josh Allen. How can you excuse Josh Allen plays like that? Uh, not Dak? I just want you to know, I don't. I wanted to know very clearly, I do not. I do not excuse it. Um, okay, well then I guess yeah. that. <laughs> I will say this. We are running out of time here, so I want to get to game picks before we before we, before we run over. But, uh, no, honestly, I really say, I'm going to say this on the show, to your face, for all the fans who know that I have your been. your face as we're that on. I have, that I have been Carson better than, than Dak the whole, their whole careers. But I will say, for everybody on the record, I my recall today is... Dak Prescott's better than Carson Wentz. So oh there you go. man! Big waves. That's big. That's big waves. Big that was waves. that was so, giant, Mike. So let's get let's. Are you, are you adjusting that? Are the Cowboys going to win the division if they have the best quarterback? Or are you still sticking with the with the O two and one Eagles to win the NFC East? Tune in next week. Anyway, so <laughs> we're gonna get to we're gonna get to game picks here. So for those of you who are joining our new show, joining for new, uh, <laughs> joining for new, uh, we. <laughs> Uh, we, Words we have, are hard. We are getting a lot of new listeners every every week. It's pretty incredible. So we do game picks with all of our uh, guests on the show. We have them pick both Josh's team, my team, and their team's games. So let's start with the Packers who go to face the Falcons. Uh, real quick for all these, like I said, because we're running out of time. We got a lot. I'm glad we, we, we talked about all we did, but we are running out of time. So just quick blurbs, like a sentence or two. Who wins and score? Let's go. Monday Night Football, Packers, Falcons. They're in Green Bay, correct? Yep. Yes. Okay, yeah, it's going to be, they're going to win by 25. It'll be like wow. you know, 35 to 35 to 10. The Falcons are fraudulent. They are, they should be buying for the number one pick this year. They're that bad. Uh, and Dan Quinn is going to be fired within the next two weeks. It's going to be Packers win. Okay, all right. So then let's go to my team. We're going to go Buffalo is actually in Las Vegas, 3-0 versus 2-1. and Who do you got? That could be Buffalo. That defense is going to crash. I mean, Justin Herbert was great in that first game, but he came back down to earth in the second. Oh, no, it's Las Vegas. I'm so sorry. Not yeah, yeah, it's Las Vegas. Yeah. Uh, Raiders, Raiders look good, but ah, that defense, I, I can't pick them. I got to pick the Bills. They have the better coach. They've got the better quarterback. And I think the Raiders' weapons are a little banged up. The yeah. Bills are mostly pretty healthy. I think the Bills win a close one, maybe like a 28 to 23. Okay. Fun. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right, and then last but certainly not least, the Dallas Cowboys versus the Cleveland Browns. I, I'm upset that this one scares me. It should. I, I'm, I have a little concern because, like, I don't know. I think the Browns might be a little fraudulent. I might be selling all my Baker stock here coming up. But I think the Dallas Cowboys at home find a way to win this one. Mm, 27 to 24. All right. Love it. I do see that one as a close game as well. It is in Pal's picks, so uh, when you tune in, you'll hear our thoughts on the ship on the game as well. Uh, Josh, do you have anything? Uh, no, Mike. Thanks so much for chatting with us, bud. You're always you bring a lot of information. We always appreciate you. Yeah, and uh, just so you know, you're not allowed on the show again until I get my Josh Allen jersey. Uh, you know, actually, I'm purchasing it this weekend. It would be... No, no, no. I, 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 heard, I heard the comment last week. I did it after week four. You'll have it by week six. Perfect. Very great. I'll have it for that Thursday night clash against the Chiefs. Uh, yeah, that'll be important. Maybe, maybe wear it next week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're always losing against Jersey. But, uh, hey, thanks for having me on, boys. Yeah.
Thanks, Mike. We really appreciate we appreciate you being a fan of the show as well. We'll we'll certainly talk to you throughout the week, and we'll get you on again late in the season. Okay, you take care. Absolutely. All right, that was the Mike Mikas, our Dallas Cowboys correspondent. Uh, like I said, he always, always, always comes on with a lot of facts, and once he gets going about his boys, he gets going about his boys. <laughs> He sure did. And, you know, I, I thought that that went well. I feel like we learned about the uh, NFL conspiracy. So yeah, there's right? that. <laughs> no, Mike, I do appreciate that you didn't come on with the hot take that you had after the game that Dak was the best player on the field on Sunday because he wasn't. I was kind of nervous to broach that topic. But I, 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 <laughs> but I was like, I, I, I joked with you. I had my I had my thing to say. I was totally ready. <laughs> So that's just going to be forever in the trunk. That's just between you and I now. That's all right. That was an enjoyable moment. So, yeah, obviously the interview went a little bit longer than we thought, but we still have enough time to finish off our show. So let's get right into... Pals, pigs! <laughs> oh, yeah. I say, wish like, there was, there's, there's, there's so many things that, that we just in, didn't in, do, so I didn't know. But we, we had, there were so many ways we could have gone. That was an instance where I really wish video was a thing for our show. <laughs> we're both holding our breath looking at each other, and we're like, yeah. Yeah, you go. Go ahead. <laughs> so many different ways that that could have gone. Pals picks. It's been an interesting start. We started off really hot, and both of us stumbled a little bit this week. We did. I am still in the lead right now at six and three, but you are close behind, friend, at five and four. I didn't highlight my stuff this week, so it'll be a surprise okay, cool. for you. I'm actually glad about that. That's yeah, fine. Yeah. So I got to pick the games for you this week, and. Uh, I was trying to really, first of all, I was really, really tempted to just pick all the teams that I know that we are contentious over, um, <laughs> just to be that way. That was my strat, but then I was like, no. Let's your strat? Oh, you're so hip. Let's pick some good games. So we're going to go to the either Monday night or Tuesday night matchup, right off the bat, 3-0 versus 3-0. I'm going to give it to you right off the gate because it's my contender, your pretender, and my pretender, and your contender. It's the Tennessee yeah. Titans versus the Pittsburgh Steelers. I feel like that should say everything we need to know about it. I'm picking the no Pittsburgh surprise. Steelers. No I feel like their secondary is going to be able to limit the plays from Tannehill, which is going to make their offense a little bit one-dimensional. I feel like Henry's going to have a good day, but when push comes to shove, I feel like their defense will step up when need be. So I'm picking the Steelers. Love it, love it. All right, and then we're going in to the next game. I couldn't read for a second. Uh, Saints at Lions. This one's fascinating because obviously, you know, Mike had his put a fork in him. He's a turkey. He's cooked for Drew Brees' take. And we did talk about Drew Brees has not looked that great this year. He is not. Uh, so he's certainly struggling. And But the Lions are one and two. Probably better than that one and two record suggests. I mean, obviously they collapsed against Maybe. the Bears. Uh, but, you know, they had a, a good win last week against the Cardinals to a team that everybody's like, the Cardinals, man, you know, they're going to contend this year. They're, you know what I mean? They, I mean, I picked them to make the playoffs. So so we'll see what happens. But the Lions at home against the Saints. What's- yeah, I am taking the Saints pretty confidently. Okay. Sure, they did have a good win against the Cardinals last week, but that was off of gifted turnovers where Drew Brees isn't going to give them short scoring opportunities. Uh, a large part of it, I have to say, is going to be what Jack Rabbit Jenkins does in that secondary. If he continues making pass interference calls and lets Kenny Galladay <laughs> get deep and then grab him, it could be a different story. But the Saints, once again, continuing that extremely stout rushing defense, so they're not going to let that get comfortable. And I feel like that's a very important part of the Lions game. So Absolutely, absolutely. So then we're going to go to, we just told Mike, we just told you guys, 
Cowboys Browns is in house picks. It's in it's in uh, Dallas. Yeah, the Browns are two and one for the first. Well, they are. It's the they're 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 above five hundred the since twenty seventeen. It's been a, it's been a, a couple of years since they've been and. Yeah, I just I was like pause because I saw you highlight the Cowboys. So just tell me why. Yeah, I'm taking the Cowboys. I feel. Uh, even though we've we've gone back and forth and we have our contingency, as you said, about the Browns, I'm just going the way that I've mapped out their season. And so far, I mean, like I picked Washington last week, which went off of what I said originally. Right. Uh, but I feel like even Washington gave them a fight, and it was Dwayne Haskins that I feel like oh, yeah. turned the ball over and gave them just Dwayne short. Dwayne Haskins is not far away from being benched. Uh, I well, especially if he continues playing the way he did against Cleveland, I feel like that is very warranted. In this game, though, I feel like you're going up against that really hot Dak. Last week, Zeke struggled mightily to get to get running, and I feel like we won't see that. I feel like for the first, definitely last two weeks, we've seen Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb be the best running backs altogether. No starter even on the other team compared to those backs in my opinion where Zeke's going to come and be like no feed me I'm the best for a reason I feel like we're going to see that here so we had fun last week when we agreed on all of your picks because we're back to disagree on all three picks okay (laughs) here we go so we'll see what happens but well just saying that makes me feel really good yeah because the week that you agree with all my picks I go one and two. That's true. That's so. Fair. So I'm just bad at picks. I had, really, <laughs> I had a really bad picks week last week. Um, so. So yeah, we're gonna go over to to you now. We have the Jags at the Bengals is for your first pal. So this is kind of like a, we're gonna do a little simultaneous kitsch. Uh, kitsch is we have a new show. Time machine here because majority of our listeners listen on Friday or Saturday, so you will have already known the outcome of this game. So when you're listening, you're gonna be like, "Wow, I was so right!" And the Bengals got their first win. So wait, why are you saying that they're gonna know if they? Oh, you said Bengals. It's not the Bengals. It's the it's the Broncos. Oh right. yeah, sorry. I you said, did you say no? Bengals? It's it's the Jags at Bengals. Oh, I thought you said I thought you were giving me Thursday night. I'm no, sorry. not Jets at Broncos. It looks like Jets right here, and I th- and I heard Jags. You, ah, I'm sorry. Can you, uh, <laughs> I feel really stupid right now. I know there's a small mistake. I no, you're you're okay. There's a small mistake, but I feel really embarrassed right now. You're you're a okay. All right, so Jags at Bengals. The Bengals get their first win. <laughs> okay, yeah, I like so that. I'm very high on the Jags, and I I think they're a much better football team than their record would suggest. Obviously, they took Tennessee, who I think is a contender to the brink, but they just got walled by the Dolphins, and I think it really showed that when this team is not able to hit down the field passes, DJ Sharp was out, obviously. And I think he's going to play in this game, but he's still questionable. So who knows if he's 100% or not. When they're unable to have that stretch-the-field threat, this team really struggles. And James Robinson looked good, but Gardner Minshew did not. I lost in a lot of leagues because I started Gardner Minshew against the Dolphins. Uh, and, and, and Joe Burr and the Bengals, we talked about them way better than their record suggests. So 2 and one They're going to get their first win this week. All right, I like that. I I agree with that one. So let's go to a battle of 0-3 teams. The Vikings taking on the Texans. Yeah, I'm going to go because I did my... I already did, like, my full week predictions that Mike and I do together. I want to double-check and just make sure that this is how I picked the game. Uh, I'm a great singer. Yeah, so Vikings and Texans. This is 0-3 versus 0-3. Two teams that certainly have not... I would say this... 
not played like 0 3 teams because the Texans you get you get punched in the face by the Chiefs and the Ravens. There's no shame in that. And then you almost beat the Steelers, who you have as a contender. So uh, definitely a lot better, I think. And the Vikings, obviously, they really struggled week one against the Packers, but the Packers are one of the best teams in the league right now. Uh, then, you know, week two, they, they lose to the Colts week two. Is that how they lost to? Um, I think so. Uh, and then, obviously, last week, you know. Yes, that is playing, what happened. Yeah, last week playing the Titans in, in a really close game, and they came out and showed out. But I'm picking the Texans here. I, I This is going to be, again, the this is three weeks in a row that I'm picking the Texans. I hope that it's not because I hope it's not that you know they're going to lose. I don't think I picked them in Powell's picks, but I, I did. Oh, okay. Yeah, I did because I saw you scroll up to that. But yeah, I, I just think that the Texans are a lot better than we're giving them credit for right now. I think that Deshaun played really well against a very good uh, Pittsburgh defense last week. I think he continues that trend against a really hurting and injured defense for the Minneapolis. Yeah, it's such, but, it's such an issue with me right now. I don't know why. Uh, and then they go to one and three. Okay. And last but not least, the Indianapolis Colts traveling up to Chicago to take on the Bears. Nick Foles gets the start against his former quarterback coach and Frank Reich and loses the game. The Indianapolis Colts are my division winner. They lost week one in a tough matchup against the Jaguars. We were all very surprised about the Minshew Magic, but they've won two straight. They've won two straight on the strength of their run game and their defense. And I think that that continues against Nick Foles in this offense. And I think that, you know, they continue to run the ball and control the clock. And then when Philip needs to make plays, he can make plays. But I just think that I really believe in this team. And this team is, you know, not not in the way that I thought they would, but this team has really instilled confidence in me, especially with how their defense has played and how that run game has developed with Jonathan Taylor and Naheem Hines. So... So I'm going to go with the Indianapolis Colts here. For sure. I like that. So also, just a fun, this is going to be uh, Chuck Pagano facing his former oh, team. Yeah. So that that's a, a fun little thing going on there. A lot of storylines in this one. So yeah, Indy's defense has been really, really good. Yeah. So, But at the same time, Chicago has not given up a touchdown to a wide receiver. Which probably won't happen this week. Regardless. <laughs> so, I mean, that, that's probably okay. So, that's probably okay. And he's a team that at the trade deadline, I think you'll see swing a trade for a wide receiver. Because I do think they need help there. Okay. All right. So, let's go. I do have a cold read before we get to Fantasy Fanatics. Okay. So, I have a cold read for you. We talked about the 0-3 teams. The Broncos. The Jets. The Vikings. The winless Bengals the winless Eagles, the Giants at 0-3, and, and the Falcons at 0-3. I want you to give me one team out of those teams that I just gave you that is going to make the playoffs. Uh, uh, okay. Um, well, then, I'm probably going to go with the Eagles okay. just based on their division right now okay. i think mike laid out a really good map for dallas which right. i don't disagree with but just thinking logistically i feel right. like they probably have the best shot at just doing it based on their division i think they have obviously a quarterback that is really really struggling right now but they he has a pred- pedigree of winning they also have a really good coaching staff that yeah. i feel like can can get it turned around um so i feel like right now i'll just say the eagles Feel like they the have that possibility. I mean, well, first of all, I was trying to think. There was a lot of information that you threw out. Oh, sorry. Throughout, sorry. I was 
was it just the 0-3 teams that you said? Yeah. Well, I mean... And that then... Yeah. Because at first I feel like... At first I wasn't truly listening. Uh, I right. thought you were trying to, like, set something up, and then right. I was like, oh, this is, like, part of the question. Yeah. I thought you were just trying to, like, set yeah. stuff up for the audience. Sorry. But then I was like, oh, man, like, this is for me. Uh, so it's also my fault. Um, was there one and two teams that you listed? No, I did not list So it was the 0-3 teams? But, I mean, if you want to do that real quick, like, is there a one and two team that you would have been like, this team is going to make the playoffs? I really feel like it's not super crazy to say Cincinnati. I know I said okay. that, I highlighted well, that earlier in well, the I mean, beginning of the show. Well, they're not one they're oh two and one. Right. Okay, sorry. Yes. But we were talking about that in, in the, the contenders, pretenders of okay. the undefeated teams. And just with the expanded playoffs, having that seventh seed, I feel it's like I just feel like watching what they've done, how they've competed in their first games. And this is obviously a rookie quarterback coming in. There's a lot of young pieces. Jonah Williams, their left tackle didn't play so this is his essentially his rookie season Mm -hmm. t higgins is starting to come on and develop a good good uh repertoire with burrow so i feel like this is a team that needs to mesh i feel like this is a team another team that could have used a preseason where they're kind of ironing out those things in the first couple weeks and if they start to catch some fire i feel like watch out absolutely all right so let's get into that was cold breeze and yeah, that's, that's one of my favorite segments, and we haven't done it for the first time. We have months, not. So we got to get back to that. Uh, for those of you who don't know what Cold Breeze is, Josh and I are big theater people, and that segment's just based off of, you know, when you're on, sometimes you're on a callback of an audition, they give you a script that you haven't read, and you cold read it without any prep. So we just do cold reads for questions without prep, and it gets good answers sometimes. Um, yeah, so let's get into Fantasy Fanatics, the Simultaneous Kitsch Fantasy League. It's the second one. time you've done that. This this, this episode. Yeah, uh, I think we need to change our logo for I this episode. Know, I don't know, Add a little C in there. <laughs> Simultaneous catch is two and one. We got what, our what? second win of the season. Uh, our team was pretty good. We did just swing a big trade, so we're gonna give you an update on that. We've got Russell Wilson as our quarterback, and that's been a big reason why we've been so good. And My guy. Juju, LaVisca Chenault, David Johnson, Mike Davis, because Christian McCaffrey is on IR right now, so we do else. Wait, are you reading the team from last week? I'm just reading the team. Then we'll do the trade in a second. Oh. Uh, Mo Alley-Cox, KJ Hamler, Brandon Cooks, DJ Chark, Ronald Jones, George Kittle, Deontay Johnson, our kicker our defense, Mason Crosby, Indianapolis Colts. So, so we did just swing a trade. Yeah, I was definitely wrong on the KJ Hamler thing. That's too. okay. It did not pan out. We did swing a trade. We are picking up Odell Beckham Jr. and Antonio Gibson, and we're trading them for Juju Smith-Schuster and Ronald Jones. So, yeah, the, this was one that I didn't. This is one that I would, if it were my team, I would have accepted as soon as it was offered to me. But I brought it to you because I thought it would be one that you'd be like, no, I don't want this. So what are your thoughts on the trade? Yeah, obviously I sat and pondered with it a little bit. I texted you this morning. I was like, if that's still there, take it. Uh, Which I'm glad it was able to work out because I'm obviously not. So this is going to be a little bit backwards because I'm just going to, I'll say right now, my fantasy fanatic is Odell this week. So I'm expecting some pretty high things from him this week where after that happens, I don't think we would have been able to pull off this trade. That's fair. I also feel like one of the initial reasons you didn't say, but the trade did get yanked for a hot second. It did get pulled. Uh, I feel like that was based on... A fear of the Steelers game and the unknown that was going on with I that. When it was rescheduled, they were like, "Oh, okay." 
So, but even with that being said, I, I was one of the big ones that pounded my fist on the table to be like, go get Juju. Right. Uh, with that being said, I really do feel pretty confident in Johnson kind of becoming one of the guys in Pittsburgh. I mean, he's been, he's been more, more utilized than Juju at times. And so that makes me feel confident knowing that we have him, that we, because we talked about it so many times that we weren't ever going to start, or very rarely were we going to start both, both Pittsburgh wide receivers. Right. So having him made me feel confident. And I think, obviously, we're going to get Christian back, and having Mike Davis makes it a little yeah. less hurt hurt a little bit less but our running back depth is weaker so getting a guy like gibson who has scored the last two weeks is is big and i feel like he's going to continue to grow and learn how to play the position at the nfl level it makes me feel pretty confident moving forward knowing that we have gone two and one and are in third place after having to have a lot of band-aids on the team i feel pretty confident moving forward and i will say this I think we already got Juju's best week that he's going to have this year where he had 70-plus yards and two touchdowns week one. So I think that we cashed in on his best week for a victory, and we're yet to get Odell's best week. So that's what I like about the trade a lot. And obviously, like, I was a little bit worried about Antonio Gibson because we all know how high I was on him coming in the offseason, and he kind of stumbled a little bit out of the gate, but this is now two straight weeks where he's gotten a touchdown. He's got 15-plus carries in both the last two weeks. He's becoming more and more involved in the offense. And I do think at some point Haskins gets benched for somebody, and I think that that will open up the offense a little bit more for a guy like Gibson to get more involved in the pass game, which is something that he hasn't really been as involved in to start the season. It's been J.D. McKissick who's gotten a lot of that work. Okay. But I think the more and more they realize that, the better and better he'll get, and he'll turn into a nice flex play for us. Okay. Uh, for sure. So, yeah. I like that trade a lot. But, uh, yeah, so let's get into our player of the week. Well, I said mine was Odell, so I feel like this is just going to be a game where the last couple weeks for Cleveland, they've been able to capitalize on shorter fields and get the run game really going. And Dallas is a team that is pretty good against a run. I know Mike had that little jab at Jalen Smith, and he has missed some tackles, but I feel like he is a really, really strong middle linebacker, which I feel like he might be playing on the outside right now. I'm not sure what happened after the injuries to Van Der Esch. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I feel like there are they're not a bad team against a run, and I feel like this is going to be a more rack-up-the-points game versus let's control the clock for Cleveland. So I feel like this is obviously a team you can throw on. We saw it last week against Seattle. Mike was talking about the beat-up in Young's secondary and right now, I just feel like Odell is the guy. Jarvis is dealing with some some injuries right now that I think are hampering him a little bit. So I feel like once we get that that going, I feel he's going to go to Odell. And Odell has a pretty good history against the Cowboys. So and, you know, Odell is being targeted. Like he's being utilized in the offense. It's just about the efficiency, and it has grown in the last couple of weeks. So this is funny because my player of the week is Baker Mayfield. Okay. I just think that we've seen... Oh, quarterback, that's yeah. so easy. <laughs> well, I never said that. <laughs> you make fun of me for picking wide receivers that are popular. Is ba- is, I don't think like... I feel like Baker's being kind of piled on a little bit here this, this year. People are really questioning Baker Mayfield. Continue. Regardless. Yeah, I just... I love the matchup against Dallas. I think he's very streamable because he's not owned in a lot of leagues and he's definitely not started in a lot of leagues. I think that you could, he's a guy that if you're looking for a quarterback play, like you have an injury or you have somebody who's got a bad matchup and you're just looking at it and you're thinking, I need to pick somebody up to play. I think you can go to your waiver wire and you can pick up Baker Mayfield and you can play him, especially if you're the Odell in there and play that stack because I think it's going to be a good one. Two straight weeks now, Baker's thrown two touchdowns. 
So I think if he gets more than that this week, and I think it's going to be a little bit of a shootout against Dallas, and, you know, I just think you want to start all your players on both sides. There we go. There we go. All right. I like that. Any any tidbits before we get to Brandon's fortunes? Um, well, first I have a word in defense. Oh, yeah? Good I do. <laughs> um, so my word in defense, and, and it's not something that he's like, been openly criticized or, or anything about, but it kind of goes back to what we were talking about. We talked about this last week. I have a word in defense of Brian Flores and his decision with, okay. with Tua. Um, because obviously, I mean, you draft a guy at number five overall and you're thinking, get him out there. He can probably unlock a lot of things for the offense. But the reason I'm saying a word in defense of this is because we've seen the younger quarterbacks come in and they've played really well this year. Yeah, talking Burrow, about Joe Burrow, yeah. Herbert. Uh, but they're also, these are guys that we saw just last week. They took some big hits oh, yeah, and they had to come out. So Herbert didn't technically miss a snap. Right. I think Burrow missed maybe a series, maybe, but he was I right mean, back in. So, but just with seeing that happen, I feel like that's even more reason to keep the investment that you had of Tua in, in bubble wrap right now. Let him continue learning the offense and everything, let the other pieces gel. There's no need to rush it, especially if you after you saw Fitz have the game that he did last last week. Even against the Bills, he played he played well. So it just makes me feel like continue the course that you're on, be confident in the decision you made, and it's going to pay off in the long run. Yeah, yeah I, like I like that, that a lot. I, I so, so normally we're able to work tidbits in the show, but uh, especially with the mic interview, weren't really so I didn't get to get to a lot of my tidbits. So I actually have a lot of tidbits for today. I have some too. Um, so yeah, uh, my first one. So, so the, the Bears, Bears in their history are three and one forty-four when trailing by sixteen or more in the fourth quarter. Two of those happened this year, and the NFL since two thousand ten is six and six hundred and forty-six since two thousand ten when trailing sixteen or more in the fourth quarter. Two of those six are from the Chicago Bears this season. That's a big reason why I consider them a contender. Our pretender. Do you want to go back and forth with these since you have some? Uh, sure, we can. Um, so going to the battle of the own threes, the Vikings and the Texans. The Texans have been outscored by 38 total points this season, which wow. is not saying a lot of good things about their defense, not yeah. necessarily their offense. Obviously, they're not scoring as many points. Mm-hmm. But here's the point that I thought was very interesting, and we're going to see how it plays out against this game with Dalvin Cook. They've already this year allowed two 100-yard rushers. They had three 100-yard rushers all of 2019. Oh, wow. So that run defense yeah. that was stout last year, not looking so hot not this year. Great. Absolutely. I've got one about the Falcons. The Falcons are the first team in NFL history, the history of the sport, no, since Super Bowl era or since year ever, to okay. lose two games in one season while leading by 15 or more points. And they did it in back-to-back weeks. Oh, goodness, Atlanta. Get rid of Dan Quinn. Um, so the going to the Pats and Chiefs game, I have two about this game. The Pats are five and zero versus teams that are three and zero or better wow. since 2010. Wow! So we'll see what happens in that game. And here's another fun fact: the Pats have two games this year of 200 plus rushing yards. Okay. That's only been tw- done twice in the last 101 games by that franchise. Wow! So they are running the ball pretty darn well. And if there's a way to beat Kansas City, it's to keep the ball away from Mahomes and to run because they're a little bit weaker. Their run defense. I've got, I've got one about, about Carson, Carson Wentz. So okay. I toyed with making this award in defense, but I'm not ready to be that bold about 
Carson yet. I want to see what happens on Monday night. Okay. Carson Wentz, in his 40 starts, only has three multi-interception games. He has two interceptions in each of his first three games this season. Yep. So, this... In my opinion, is not a trend. Carson Wentz isn't this turnover machine, and he has been his first three weeks. I think it's a big factor as to why they're 0-2-1. I do think that this is something that can be cleaned up and will be cleaned up. So okay. this is why I haven't yet recalled Philly. I am literally hanging off the cliff, holding onto the branch that's about to snap. I will say that. But I have not yet. That's why I told Mike, tune in next week. <laughs> okay. Do you have enough more? Uh, I just wanted to highlight your Buffalo Bills because obviously oh, you talked that. about the, like the heart attack game that uh, you were talking about on Sunday. But they're yeah. averaging the third most points per game in the league. So tip cap to, to Josh Allen. Mm-hmm. But going to play Las Vegas, Carr is 2-1 and one versus Buffalo. 2-0 and oh at home, it's true. but it's an old home. It's not their, it's their current home. So we can break that trend here. The last time we beat them was the year we made the playoffs and broke the, broke the playoff missing streak and that was the game where Matt Milano it was his first year he had a fumble recovery for a touchdown so we'll see what happens there we go that's all I have I've got, I've got a couple quick ones about the Bills uh, I thought we were going to talk about the Bills so I had a lot to write about it but I'm, I'm actually kind of glad we did we just move on for it but I do want to say some really great things about Josh Allen 42 touchdowns one turnover in his entire career in the red zone He's just a monster in the red zone. That's that's uh, huge. A lot of debate about the quarterbacks drafted in this class and taking out uh, Lamar Jackson because we all agree that he's clearly the best out of the class, at least right now. Baker Mayfield, Sam Donald, and Josh Rosen uh, have 1,126 passing yards, uh, eight touchdowns, and only two wins in this season. Josh Allen, 1,038, 10 touchdowns, two rushing touchdowns, three wins. Uh, so not really a debate there. Uh, and I wanted to say there's been a lot of talk about, you know, it's three weeks, let's calm down with Josh Allen. And yes, I agree with that. We need to pump the brakes a little bit. But I want to keep that car in gear, man. I'm not pulling it out of gear because Josh Allen in the last 14 games, 33 total touchdowns, only three interceptions, over 100 passer rating. In his first 15 games as a starter, he was 8-7, and seven, 13 touchdowns to 18 interception ratio, 55 completion percentage and a passer rating below 70. In his last 15 games, 10 and 5, 27 touchdowns to four interceptions, above 62% completion percentage, and above 100 passer rating. So I just wanted to point out that, you know, it has been three games, but really it's been the tale of two seasons for Josh Allen. Okay. His first one was not so great. It was turnover written and incompletion written. His next half has been really, really solid. So we'll see as it continues during this year. But a lot of good things about Josh Allen. And just one last tidbit to point out before we move on to, to our friends' fortunes. Dak talked about, or Dak, Mike talked about Dak and the Cowboys' schedule coming up. The remaining schedule for the Cowboys is by far the easiest, along with the Bengals, the Texans, the Browns, and the Ravens. The hardest schedules remaining, the Philadelphia Eagles. And the Buffalo Bills. So oh we'll see, man! We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens coming in. I feel a lot better about one of those teams. To the rest, to the rest of the season. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. But that is tidbits. And uh, now we're gonna get the French Force. Yep, I'm heading out. Oh, you want me to go first? Okay. Get my phone. So yeah, Josh is one and a half on the season for French Fortune. Adam is a healthy 0 because we did to do week one. Uh, I feel like I'm kind of. 
went around the waters a little bit, getting closer and closer though. But I have a lot to say about this week. I've got like three or four of them, honestly. But the one I feel the most confident about, Josh has talked about heading into this this coming week that he said that Matt Patricia or Dan Quinn will be fired first. And my prediction into this week is that the Denver Broncos are going to beat the Jets, forcing Adam Gase out of the Jets organization. And that Matt Patricia and Dan Quinn, and maybe this is me being too bold, and this is why I'm getting these right over, Matt Patricia and Dan Quinn both going to win this week, both going to save their jobs. There's going to be Adam Gase losing his job, not Matt Patricia, not Dan Quinn. All right, my friend. So good at Spike, speedy with that. Spike and the audio, audio and all. Perfect. Perfect. All right. You know what's like funny that he's giving me the one and a half because I honestly don't even remember what the half was, but that's okay. So I am going to disagree with Adam, his little tidbit about Wentz here. I'm going to say that he has another two-plus turnover game. And we're going to start really hearing even more of the rumbling about if we see Jalen Hurts come out. Uh, Peterson came out after the game and that was asked that, and he said, no, there'd be a knee-jerk reaction. I feel like on Sunday night, we're going to see a national game where Wentz, once again, performs pretty poorly, and we might see Hurts. I'm not going to say that's the friend's fortune, but it's definitely going to heat that up even more when Wentz has two-plus more turnovers. Okay. I don't think you heard me. I'm done. You hurt your back. Yeah, I think I pulled something. It's okay. I'm always, I'm always injured. Oh my. Great episode, my friend. Yeah, pretty. We did pretty well. Things yeah. went well. Uh, I will save my rave for next week. Oh yeah, I'm sorry, everybody. We didn't get to Ray recall today. Obviously, I said what my recall was. It was. Kind of jokingly, because I think it's pretty obvious that Dak is better than Wentz at this point. But yeah, so we'll get to Ray Recall again next week. Uh, I did. I forgot one little small tidbit. So we we talk about uh, analytics, and we talk about it a lot. And Mike is big analytics. I thought he was going to bring up this game and the coaching of Doug Peterson is obviously a big question. There's been a lot of questions on the decision to punt at the end of the game instead of kick the field goal or uh, try for the fourth down. Okay. Uh, Seth Walder, he's an ESPN analytics writer, was on the One Bills Live Buffalo show yesterday, said that the, the analytics model actually heavily favored Philly punting in overtime instead of kicking the field goal or going for it. So, well, there we go. There, there we uh, go. Thanks, everybody, for listening to another episode of Simultaneous Catch. Uh, make sure you follow us on Facebook. I'm gonna post, um, I post some questions every time we post an episode, and sometimes I post something on you know, the week on a Sunday when there's games and everything like that. Uh, make sure you like and review us on Apple Podcasts. I don't think you can like and review or comment on Spotify, but make sure you do an Apple Podcast. It does help our algorithm. We are quickly growing listeners, so we'd love to get more involvement with you. I talked to Josh. I'd love to get to a point where we can do house picks against the listeners where we do like a poll every week in the Facebook group, something like that. So if you want to be on the show, let us know. We'd like to get a bunch of different teams on. Obviously, we've had Texans talk before. We've had Steelers talk. We have Cowboys, obviously. We had Browns with my cousin at once. Uh, we have Jets with Allie. But if you're a fan of another team and you'd like to come on and talk about them or even one of those teams, 
uh, let, let us, us know. know. We'd love, love to have you on for a segment. And uh, that's all I have. Anything else? Yeah, just thanks for uh, not talking over me the entire time and yelling a lot. That was like a jab at the debate. So. What a terrible, terrible time in the country. Anyway, anyway thanks, thanks for listening, everybody. Enjoy week four. God bless. God bless.